Hello and welcome to Sobriety Elevated, the podcast that is committed to empowering you in your recovery and elevating your sobriety. Join us now for the next episode. We hope you create an incredible experience. Let's get the show started. All right, everyone, we're back for part two of this wonderful, wonderful visit with an amazing woman, my wife, Rachel. And in this episode, Jim and I and Rachel are going to talk about, specifically Rachel mostly is going to talk about life after I got out of treatment and uh, my life in recovery now and our marriage now. You got to kind of, if you you didn't listen to the last episode, listen to it before this one, because it will kind of show you how terrible life was for a while. And a lot of the struggles that we went through that are very common to anybody out there struggling with addiction or loving someone with addiction. And uh, now we get to get to a little bit of the good part. Uh, not all good, by the way, but we're going to get to some other parts. And if you did not listen to part one, it is some of the most authentic representation of what it's like being in relationship in addiction. So now let's get to that post-addiction. Rachel, what was it like when Kevin came home from Utah? Oh, <laughs> at first, not still not good. No, it was not good. I mean, it, it was it was a challenging time in a lot of ways. We were in the same household, but kind of living separately for a little bit. I, I don't know. There was just a lot of hurt there. There was, I mean, it, ninety days it, while it's a while to be gone, it's not a long time to heal and under, you know, redevelop trust in someone and you just don't know what to do with it. It really just was one day at a time, him proving it. Like he said in the last episode, honorable action over time builds trust. While he was gone, I just had this sense that I needed to wait and not make a decision based off my emotions, based on even the last five years. And even though I had every right to just leave. I just had this sense, I think, from God not to leave and to stick with it and and try to see if something could be rebuilt. But it definitely took a lot on his end to do that. And he did start gradually, you know, proving and, that and every day. Mm-hmm. And you actually did yeah, rebuild a relationship. I, I don't, I don't want to interrupt, ahead, but I want to jump in here. Like she said, a lot of work on my end. Rachel did a ton of work on her end, which anytime that Here's the thing. You go away to treatment for 90 days and you get like this intense healing and like all this therapy and like, I mean, you get all kinds of stuff. You do all kinds of development, all kinds of spiritual work and you're feeling great where the person at home still has to live life. So like, it's really hard, like and unfair for me to come home and expect her to like have done all this work and be where I'm at. And like all of a sudden, Hey honey, I love you. Let's build our perfect life together. Like, no. So she had to do the work, which is much harder to do with a two-year-old at the time. And then when I got back, she was going to different meetings, doing different, all kinds of different things, which we did some of it together, but Rachel put in the work too, which is why our marriage, we have been able to rebuild and it's certainly not perfect but it's it's pretty darn good. It's pretty awesome actually and I'm pretty thankful for it. I, I think that it was it was both of us that did it. I had to prove a lot of stuff, but she didn't have to prove anything but she proved a lot of things cuz she was willing to do the work even though she didn't really have to. She didn't owe me a darn thing. 
And yet she was going to these meetings with groups and stuff like that and supporting me in every way. So Rachel, when he talks about you doing the work, can you describe the work that you did? And I do hear that this is work you chose to do to better yourself, to better the relationship with Kevin. Yeah. What is some of the work that you did? I don't know. I just, I guess part of me thought, well, if I went through this hell for five or six years, I mean, I can't get much hurt. So I probably need to deal like, I'm just one of those people. I feel my emotions. I mean, it's, yeah, sometimes I try to numb them or, or, you know, walk away or deny, but for the most part, like I have to deal with stuff or it will just eat me alive. So it was painful um, to talk about a lot of things. I mean, we started marriage counseling. I started individual therapy to understand myself. I felt a lot of, I felt stupid. I felt completely duped for a long time. And that was like an internal thing for myself that I was like, wow, what did you, what were you thinking? Or what, you know, like, are you, are you that good of a judge of character? You know, I was questioning my own decision-making just by marrying him. And then, you know, just working through all kinds of internal stuff of my, of my own, which is also rooted in childhood things, just every, everything that makes up an individual. So I was working on that. And then, you know, we have a daughter together. I certainly wanted to be able to co-parent at the minimum in a, in a healthy way. And just trying to work through things the best I could was my goal. So you actually really went through and almost did a program where you got to understand yourself such so that you, you could be with Kevin and that you guys could really recreate a life together. Yeah, I I would say there was no way that I could reconcile with Kevin, <laughs> relearn him as a person and not relearn myself. How do how can somebody relearn their spouse like in a whole nother way and not fully understand where I was coming from 5 years ago when I I don't know how to describe that <laughs> what I'm talking about just understanding my mentality with everything and the p- kind of personality that I am, who I am why I allowed certain things to happen, or if I'm too much of a pushover, what do I need to grow more of a backbone? You know, I really had to build up some core strength and self-confidence that I really was lacking for a long time. As Kevin recreated himself in his recovery, you got to take a look at yourself and recreate yourself to be a stronger, better probably closer to God, although I think you're very close to God, you literally rebuilt yourself to become an incredible human that could support this man in recovery. Yeah, it's definitely um, a family disease. It it affects everyone. And you aren't responsible for what happens to you, whether that's as a child or as an adult, but you are responsible for your recovery and how you're going to choose to get over it or heal from it or ignore it. And then it blows up in your face later one day. <laughs> and Rachel also, you said, you know, she kind of like worked a program, but she definitely worked a program, a 12 step program where she, we went to meetings together. There's different places that you can do that. Some aren't, some are, and whatever, it's teach their own. But we we did one thing that we committed in that contract that I talked about was uh, once a week, we go to a meeting together. We still do that. We're both leaders in that it's celebrate recovery. So it's it's just to tell everybody it's basically a Christian-based 12-step meeting. Again, 
whatever works and keeps you sober, I'm all for. Everybody knows I'm very partial towards 12 steps and I've, I've, uh, I've never seen it fail for somebody who really puts in the work and, and does it. And I think that Rachel working through that process uh, now, just like I go and give back to other addicts and alcoholics, now Rachel, I mean, what happened this weekend, Rachel, we had people come to our house, you know, people that need help that are dealing with someone like me, they come to Rachel. And it's really been cool to see her really be able to help and and, and uh, give back to these other people. Yeah. That's amazing. And I would say too, I remember being so hungry for like encouragement or like a testimony that somebody recovered. I remember I was part of some Facebook group for wives of addicts or something like that. I joined all these wife of an alcoholic, all kinds of podcasts. I joined all kinds of things and that somebody in there, their husband posted something about, you know, their wife sticking with them. And I just couldn't let that go. And like, he became sober, sober. And I just, longed for that. I liked reading encouraging things like that. So I think for someone who's struggling to love an addict or alcoholic, it's important to find your own support system, especially if they're in the midst of their addiction, like whether that's Al-Anon or Celebrate Recovery or whatever group that you can find and get involved in that and, and read and learn and be able to find support with other people so that you don't feel isolated and more depressed. <laughs> How do you see life now, Rachel? Because it's been two and a half years. Yeah. So it's, How is life now? It's been almost half, it's been like about half the time of all of the chaos. So <laughs> I'm still working through certain things. It's not a one and done thing. He's definitely shown... I mean, we, we're better than we've ever been. That's, that's for sure. It would, none of that would be possible without God, without our faith and without a lot of prayer. And a lot of work. The work. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, and you a know, lot we, of work. that's true. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Continual work. Continual work. And every Continual. single day we, we every do day. something for recovery. Yeah. You know, when, the, what is it? Is it step 10? Take a personal inv- daily inventory. I don't know what yeah, when we were, that is. When we were wrong, we promptly admit. Is that right? Yeah, that is really important in marriage, by the way. Even if you don't love an addict or you're, I don't know. When you're wrong, promptly admit it. Admit it. And uh, there's a lot of times when I'm wrong because I'm react. I'm something he does that has nothing to do with drugs or alcohol or anything. And I'm just still somehow angry inside and I'll react and I'll just be triggered for whatever reason, because I have a little bit of a trauma response. I'm living with the person who caused a huge trauma in my life. So um, Mm -hmm. that's hard. It's hard to work through that stuff. And some days I'm like, well, is this, I can't believe I did this. It's been worth it. A hundred percent worth it. It has, and it's only gotten better. It has improved with a lot of time and a lot of work. And what you've described here is literally the art of being human. Because on top of your recovery, you're still a human being. You still have feelings. You still have triggers. There are good days. There are bad days. The thing is, though, what I'm hearing with the two of you is you guys have developed a level of communication that deepens the love you have for each other and that also deepens your ability 
to make sure that Kevin stays clean and to make sure that your marriage stays solid. Yeah, I mean it's it's a Kevin, it's, such any a, it's such a two way street. Rachel doesn't sit here and like I don't know what I guess what I'm trying to say is the the at. It's funny you actually do. Yeah, know. Yeah, I mean I know I guess you really do. Ba- know. Basically, both of us have made a monumental change in our lives. And what we've done is we found our authentic self. And see, what I did was I drove Rachel into these unhealthy behaviors of like always constantly worrying about what I'm doing and all the classic codependent stuff. But that's not who she was. That's not who she is. I mean, yeah, we all have some some something she's rolling her eyes like maybe she is a little bit sometimes like that. It's not really who she is. Like where now it's like I don't have to like okay. If you're out there and you were a drug addict for a long time and you used to get the text and they want to find your location and they wanted to know where you were, we earned that, guys. We Yeah, I mean <laughs> I we earned like- it. We earned it. Like it's like, oh my gosh, where are they at? Like she would show up at the bar with me where I was at and stuff like that because I, I was an idiot. We earned that. It, it takes them just like it takes us. I only yeah. did that twice, by the way. I yeah, try not to but, track them too much. <laughs> but like, just like it takes us a lot of work and stuff to get through stuff, it takes them too. So all it wasn't like the next day she wasn't checking my location. Well, now there's times when like, like yeah, we have like the, the Life360 app for our family. We know where everybody's at. And I'm somewhere and I'm like, mm-hmm. she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, you know where I'm at. And she's like, I don't look where you're at. Like, I mean, that's where we're at now, where we don't have to sit here and worry and obsess. Yeah, yeah I know. And to the to, to some people that would think that, yeah, Life360 is bad. Well, it, I mean, yeah, it depends on where you're at in life. Because, yeah, at one point I was insane trying to figure out where he was and he wasn't making sense. And I was worried and it was driving you to that that state of fear. Where now I don't look at that all the time, but it's good that he has it on as like a continual, because kind of a continual amends. Like I'm not turning this off for and making you ever question, you know, just if I ever did want to look, but I, do, I don't, which is a sign of health for me. Some people can't do that stuff. And that's. Yeah. Well, let me just say this. The best feeling in the world is like, if people are like, oh my God, I can't believe you do that. I'm like, oh my God, I don't care if she sees where I'm at because guess what? I'm never doing anything I shouldn't do. Yeah, I might. I mean, I will say every exactly. once in a while, I might sneak over to the ice cream shop and grab a little ice cream, and and I'll laugh. She'll call me. I'm like, did you look to see that I'm at? Yeah, that's no I'm like, secret. I'm not aware of Cold Stone again. What happened? Um, but I mean, the fact is, is like, it's it's beautiful. Our marriage, our life is beautiful, and it ain't perfect. Like she said, there's still struggles. There's still this. Getting sober was the best decision I ever made in my entire, entire life. And you know what? It all ties to my relationship with God, my faith and all that. It all ties together. Being healthy mentally, spiritually, emotionally, it makes me be able to be a husband. It makes me be able to be a man, a father, a brother, an uncle, a friend, all of these things. And what I've seen is Rachel choosing recovery because it doesn't just mean recovery from drugs and alcohol. It's made her a strong, independent woman who doesn't need me anymore. And the fact is, is we don't need, she doesn't need me at all. And that's the beautiful thing is we have each other like as a partnership, not as like a need. It's not a codependent relationship. It's truly a partnership. It's now a choice. 
Mm-hmm. It's now a choice. You choose to be with each other. You choose to set up how your life is. And every day you reinforce those choices, which ends up in love. And yeah, you're human. Yeah. And I will say it it definitely involves a lot of forgive. Like it's a continual thing for me to work on my forgiveness of him in the past, because there are, there are just really painful memories that you can't you can't get back certain holidays or certain times with your daughter when she's a baby or you know there's certain things that make you then start going into flashback mode and want to punch him in the face you know so there's a lot of um continual work on forgiveness that I have to be mindful of and again like take my inventory every day because God's called us to forgive and and that doesn't always mean reconciliation and being in the same, you know, staying together in a marriage after all that or staying in a relationship with somebody. But it does mean forgiving and, and choosing to let go and not hold that against them and mainly for yourself. But that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast, I'm sure. That is. <laughs> well, Rachel. Go ahead, Kevin. First off, thank you for staying married to me because that's pretty incredible. Thank you for joining our podcast. I know that we appreciate it. And if you're out there and you're on either side of this equation, whether you're like me or you're like Rachel, so you're like me who has destroyed a lot of people's lives and things like that, and you don't know how to fix them, just remember it starts, like Rachel said, one day at a time is how we fix things. It's just the same way that I stay sober. And if you're on the other side and, and you're like Rachel out there and you're dealing with somebody like me, lead with love with us, please. I think what you'll see is if we can get healthy and when we get healthy, you're going to see that we really are worth it. So thank you again for joining us, everyone. If you like this, please share it with your friends. Um, We just want to reach more people to help them. Um, That's it. This isn't like a job for us or anything like that. It's literally just to give back and help people. So a a rating and sharing it with people would be extremely helpful. Subscribe so that you get uh, notified of our new episodes. And we thank you so much, Rachel. Thanks again for joining. Thank you for having me. And Jim. Thank you, Rachel. Me and you will be back again soon. Thank you. Yes, we will. Create a great day, everybody. You said great day and not incredible day.